All right. Uh, welcome to the uh, Buffalo Sports Podcast. Uh, it's your host, AJ Sabalski. Today, I'm here with a good buddy of mine. I'm a huge Bills fan, a guy I talk sports with all the time, Seth Penn. Um, Seth is a football player at Buff State entering, entering his junior year, and he studies business management with a concentration in marketing. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter, at Seth Penn4. Uh, Seth, how are you doing today? Hey, man. How's it going? It's going good. Uh, I'm ready to dive into this draft and uh, give some grades, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Uh, so, so today we will focus on the draft. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about also Trey White, the Bills picking up his fifth-year fifth option, and also uh, Seth's favorite player who sadly retired this year. So to start with the draft, we're going to go through each pick and give grades based on how we feel about the pick. And then after we go through each pick, we will – give an overall grade of how we think Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills uh, did this year overall. Uh, so first, I know he wasn't drafted on Thursday or whatever, April 25th, but Stefan Diggs, um, Brandon Bean's mentioned a lot that he's been our first round pick. And uh, I know we're not going to grade him, but I just want Seth, you to mention what you think Diggs will bring to the offense and uh, how he will help develop Josh Allen. Well, yeah, man. It's definitely a little bit of a change of pace from what we have. We have a lot of guys who like to work underneath, you know, and then like the guys like McKenzie who are gadget type players. Um, then John Brown, who's a little bit of a deep threat. Hopefully Allen can uh, fix that deep ball a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Diggs is more of a complete receiver to our offense, I think. And also he's a proven guy who makes big plays in big time games. And he's proven to do that. So I'm really looking forward to how he's going to, adapt and mold this offense a little bit and yeah. um you know hopefully get some of those numbers up not only for Allen but just for you know points per game and getting some points on the board and not hoping not having to rely on our defense completely you know yeah I, I knew I know that uh if we were both gonna give him a grade uh based on I know I give him an A plus I don't know about you but I mean I give that pick an A plus if we get Stefan Diggs at the 22nd pick oh yeah absolutely definitely I'd go A-plus as well, um, you know, just also given the fact that he's proven, mm -hmm. he's, you know, and not to mention his contract is is nice. It's really friendly. So. Yeah, I think it's, what, 11 mil, 12 million? Yeah, 11 or 12, I think. And then, and then I, got think like, goes, go ahead. I think it goes up a little bit in maybe two to three years. I think it goes up like another half a million or something. Okay, yeah. And you guys, and you guys like Amari Cooper, you got guys like that. They're getting like 20 million a year with probably almost the same amount of production as uh, Diggs would be doing. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely a little bit of an under-the-radar guy, and I think he's forgotten about a little bit and maybe even yeah. like missed because he was a little unhappy in Minnesota. He wanted out. Mm. People kind of view the – crybaby attitude is something negative but um I think that's look that's something to look forward to to see if McDermott can kind of give him you know a little bit of that culture so absolutely uh, and it'll, it'll also be interesting to see what uh Jefferson from LSU does because that's who Minnesota selected with their 22nd pick it'll always be cool to compare how um Jefferson does in his career along with Diggs because at 22 he would have been there so that's probably who the Bills would have selected with the 22nd pick if they still had it yeah, they're definitely going to be tied at the hip in a sense. Like, it's going to yes. be like, well, who won that trade? You know what I mean? So same with, same. I know it's not the same position, but Trey White and Pat Mahomes. I mean, Trey White, Pat Mahomes, we traded back 
we could have drafted Mahomes at that 10th slot, but Andy Reid traded up to the 10th spot, and Trey White and Pat Mahomes will always be linked together, and it sucks because Trey White can't be Pat Mahomes because quarterbacks have more impact. But, I mean, Trey White, Pat Mahomes, Pat, I mean, Pat Mahomes is just so great that it's so hard to, so hard to compare them to. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's kind of an argument that I've given up even, like, considering. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's what's done is done. Yeah. Uh, of course, Pat Mahomes is unreal. He could probably be the greatest of all time if he keeps up the pace he's on. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, Trey White's doing his thing with us, too. It's kind of hard to complain about it. You got to move on. Absolutely. All right. So now we're going to really dive into this draft here. So first, I'm going to give an overview, uh, overview of every pick and who we drafted each round. So at round two, pick 54, we drafted defensive end from Iowa, A.J. Epinesa. Round three, pick 86, we drafted running back from Utah. Uh, I call him a mini Frank Gore, Zach Moss. Uh, round four, pick 128, we picked Gabe Davis, wide receiver, University of Central Florida. Round five, pick 167, we drafted Jake Fromm, probably the most surprising pick of the draft, uh, quarterback out of Georgia. Round six, pick 188, we picked Tyler Bass, kicker, Georgia Southern, another shocker. Um, our last two picks here, round six, pick 208. We got Isaiah Hodgins, wide receiver, Oregon State, big red zone target. And then round seven, pick 239, we got Dean Jackson from Pittsburgh, cornerback. All right, so let's dive into here. So I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to start with AJ Epinesa. Sorry, I need to get the pronunciation down. Um, I gave him an A-plus all around. Um, when Bean was looking at that board and you see – AJ Epinesa dropped all the way down to the 54th pick in the draft. He was probably thinking, what the heck? He definitely had him, I mean, highest on the board, if not right up there at the top. Um, he's not the quickest guy. That's what might have, like, why he had fought, he fell in the draft. He had ran, like, a 5.0440, which for a defensive end, a speed rusher, that's not that impressive. It's, it's slow, but I don't think that's how he uh, plays defensive end. He's a technique guy. He uses his hands very well. Um, he had 10 and a half sacks his sophomore year at Iowa, which is impressive. And then last year he followed it up with an 11 and a half, 11 and a half sack year at Iowa. So he can get to the passer. He's proven. Um, I really like the pick. He's got power. He can do it all. Um, he should add great depth to our D line. That's why I have given AJ Epinesa an A plus. So. All right. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I'll touch on it on, uh, some of the things you said a little bit more just from my standpoint, from like what I saw. But uh, I think he'll fit in real well with this defense that we run here in Buffalo. He's going to be a good rotation guy. And um, he'll definitely just fit in nice with some of those guys like, you know, like Jerry Hughes who are, who are a little bit quicker. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're more of the speed rusher kind of guy. Whereas Epinesa, like you said, what I saw with him, he's really, really patient too. He gets that long arm onto the tackle before that tackle can touch him, and he waits that out. And then he'll make a move based on it. And another thing that I noticed is, you know, say he's playing a good tackle because Big Ten, there's some pretty good competition. He's got mm -hmm. a plan in mind and a backup plan, too, if that doesn't work out. You see him, you know, use that long arm, cut inside, and then regain um, – <laughs> regain the edge, sorry. Um but, no, he does a great job creating separation with that long arm. He's, his technique, like you said, is really solid. He's not necessarily a quick guy, 
but exactly. he makes up for his quickness and his technique, which also gives him the ability to be explosive when needed. Like you said, 11 and a half sacks. Um, it's pretty impressive. He's been a three-year producer there. Um, another thing I noticed that um, kind of impressed me, and you don't see an awful lot in a defensive end necessarily, he had four forced fumbles. He's, going, he's always going for that ball. You see that. Like, even if the quarterback's, you know, holding onto that ball with two hands because he's about to get wrapped up or the running back, if he's in the backfield, he's always, like, just kind of clawing at that ball. He's punching at it, which you love to see. You know yeah. I mean? Something – you can't have enough turnovers as a defense. Okay. And what was your grade for him again? Um, I gave him an A. It's a, a good okay. pick considering his value. I mean, yeah. I'm surprised he fell that far. So, me too, me too. Yeah. He was mocked. I mean, he was mocked at some mocks that I saw at, at Buffalo with the 22nd pick. So that's how early he was being considered. Um, and it's also funny not to mention his first career sack in, the, in his college career was against now Bills quarterback Josh Allen, which is super ironic that uh, Appanessa's first career sack at college was against our franchise quarterback, hopefully franchise quarterback. Um all right, sounds good. So uh, you can start off uh, with the next pick, uh, round three, pick eighty-six, Zach Moss, running back from Utah. Go ahead. All right, I, uh, I really like how you kind of referred to him as a mini Frank Gore because you watch him and he's honestly he's just a great change of pace for Singletary. I think. I mean, Singletary, in my opinion, does a little bit of everything. He breaks tackles really well. He can catch the ball. He's you know, he's elusive too. Yeah. But, you look at Zach Moss, and it's like he's all power, but he also – what impresses me a lot about him is there's many highlights of his, if you watch him, where he's caught in the backfield, but he's able to use his elusiveness to spin out. He's got a great spin move behind the line of scrimmage. It's actually really impressive. And, I mean, three 1,000-yard seasons at, at Utah, 38 rush touchdowns, that's nothing to, you know – hang your head at like I mean those are impressive numbers absolutely um he's a really he doesn't run the same as Marshawn Lynch Marshawn Lynch has a really um, specific way he runs he's really wide but Zach Moss runs angry he's gonna finish through whoever's tackling him and he's always gonna fall forward he really utilizes his uh his stocky build but uh as I said he's got a little shake a little shake to his game. I think that he'll see instant production, you know, as a power back in this offense, um, you know, probably somewhere around the maybe like eight to 10 carry carries a game, mm-hmm. depending, on, depending on game flow, of course. But uh, another thing I noticed is he, he covers the ball up on contact when he's about to absorb that contact, whether he's going to break through it or he's getting wrapped up, he covers that ball with two hands, which you like to see. And I think that was kind of a, a tribute to earlier in his career, I read that he had a little bit of fumble issues. Okay. So, I mean, he fixed it up a little bit, and, I mean, that's something you like to see too. You know, you don't want to turn the ball over. So, I give that grade a B plus. B plus. Okay. I'll start with the same thing. Um, I, I do think I compare him to Frank Gore in many ways. Um, Frank Gore, uh, running the ball last year, it was so it was so hard to watch. Uh, utmost respect for him, but you got a guy, Singletary, who can – do it all really and you're giving the ball to Frank Gore I, I don't I didn't understand it but um yeah Zach Moss I mean adding him to this offense the one-two punch of Singletary it's going to be exciting to watch um like you said he's he's got mad power I mean he's going to run through you um I do have some concerns um 
he had 235 carries his senior year at Utah. So for a running back, he does have some wear and tear. Um, and also, actually, what I found is in 2018, his career or his season ended because he tore his meniscus or he had some type of knee injury trying to get into his bed. So I that's that's really weird to me that I mean that's a random injury. It's almost like the Kevin Cobb injury a few years back when he broke his foot on the mat. Um, so injury concerns and the wear and tear from college are a little concern for me. But I mean, he's got patience. He's got power. He had over 1,400 yards last year, averaging six yards a carry, uh, 15 touchdowns. Like you said, he also he also can catch the ball to the backfield. I mean, he had I think he had over 300 yards, so he can also add that to our offense. Um, he'll be exciting. He'll make some power hit sticks. You know, he'll run through people, and I am excited to see Zach Moss in our offense and see what he can do this year with Devin Singletary. I give the pick a B plus. Yeah. Uh, also, just to touch on what you said a little bit, um, I had that a lot of people were crazy about, and this is just off topic, off the bills a little bit, Jonathan yeah. Taylor from Wisconsin. The guy's a baller. He's a freak. But I wanted nothing to do with him because the last three seasons, I'm pretty sure he had over 300 touches. Yeah. And, you know, it's no secret that running backs, especially now, I mean – they have probably five to six, if that, solid years of production and playing, you know, hopefully injury-free football, which, you know, isn't really possible. Uh, I wanted nothing to do with him. Great ball player. I hope that he does well. I mean, the Colts are in a kind of interesting spot for him, but that's yeah. a lot of weight. That's a lot yeah, of miles the body. That's the thing with Zach Moss. It's just I, I like him. He's had injury problems, and – I mean, obviously, Brandon Bean loved him. He, he even mentioned he was going to try and trade up a couple of picks because he thought he would go earlier. Um, so, yeah, if, if Bean likes him, I mean, I watched I watched him run. I mean, the guy's, the guy's a beast. So, yeah, I'm definitely happy we'll have him in Buffalo. And as a power back, it would probably be good to, you know, for his health too. I mean, if he's probably be getting less carries, I imagine mm-hmm. Singletary will be more of the workhorse in this offense. So, I mean, if we just kind of count on him to get, you know, that short stuff. And, and not know, Frank Gore. <laughs> Yeah, not stacking the box with nine guys, hopefully. Um, you know, let him run on the goal line, change of pace. Singletary needs to blow. Like, let him get a couple of yards for us. Um, I'm pretty sure his pass blocking is pretty good, too. Yeah, he's a big guy. I mean, so, I think he yeah. picks up well. So, yeah, he's that's tough. good to see. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully not too much wear and tear on him. That will be good for us. Yep. All right, on to the next pick, round four. Pick 128, um, Gabe Davis. Now – Going into this pick, I wanted a receiver. I'm happy that Bean um, went receiver. I think – I don't know if he was a, uh, highest on his board, but he did mention his upside was insane. Um, I like the pick. I also like the kid from Liberty. Uh, I can't think of his name, but I really – Yes. I, uh, really, I really wanted him. But Dave Davis, I'll take. Um, I like it. Um, he's, a, he's a big guy. Um, he did have – a limited route tree. What I mean by that is he didn't – he ran slants and goes, and that's basically all you get from him. Um, so, moving to the NFL level, he's going to have to adjust and be able to separate on different types of routes instead of just that slant or that uh, straight vertical route. Um, so, that's, that's something interesting. But um, last year he had 72 catches, almost 1,250 yards, and 12 touchdowns. 
and he was first team all conference. So, I mean, the guy can catch the ball. He can grab touchdowns. He's not going to beat you with the speed, but he can high point the football anywhere. Um, he'll go up and get it, which is what we need to this offense. Offense. I mean, Diggs will beat you over the top. Beasley will beat you underneath. And, uh, I mean, John Brown can basically – he can run any route. I mean, so can Diggs. But Brown can beat you anywhere. I mean, Browns – Brown and Diggs are so good at basically everything. But they can't really – I mean, Diggs can high point, but Brown really can't because he's not – doesn't have the height for it. So, adding Gabe Davis, a guy that can get on the sideline, jump, get the ball. Um He's tough. He's a competitor. He's uh, He'll fit the culture, I think, very well. He'll work hard. Uh, so, overall, I gave this pick an A-. minus. I really I really like the pick going and getting that big red zone target. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I had uh, – he's a lengthy guy who, you know, you as you see, his specialty is going up to get the ball. Um, you know, you watch his highlights, you know, watch a little film on him. He's really impressive working along the sideline, too. I mean, he's not necessarily a great route runner. I mean, as you said, he only – he did run a limited route tree. I mean, UCF yeah. is one of those offenses that they're trying to throw points on the board, you know. Yeah. So, um, his ball tracking and hand fighting are really impressive, which will be solid, especially if you're looking for a guy to go up and get it. And like you said, I mean, Diggs can do that, but I think it will take a little bit, a little bit of pressure off him to feel like he has to do everything, you know what I mean, and be like – he will be the number one without a doubt in my mind, but oh yeah, it will take some of that pressure off and he'll, cause Diggs is really good working across the field too. You know, he's good at that intermediate and he's going to mm-hmm. try to run away from you. Diggs got that. Wow. Diggs has that burning speed, but um, I also had, he's a little raw in the sense that his route tree was limited. Yeah. He clearly in that offense, I'm not exactly familiar with other UCF receivers, but he served as the big target. Like, I mean, he was the guy who they wanted you know, to go up and moss people pretty much. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in the receiver room, I think. Um, you know, now we have, you know, a couple of guys who can do a little bit of everything. As you said, Beasley underneath. Brown, pretty much anything. Diggs, pretty much anything. He also has that speed to him. And Davis, hopefully uh, in the red zone or, you know, just working along the sideline too. That's something that I thought was really impressive by him. So um, I gave it a B. I wanted Gandy Golden as well, but I mean, there's nothing to scoff at about Davis's game. Yeah, like he's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, so, all right, I'm gonna let you start with this one. Um, wow, this pick. I, I mean, Ryan Talbot mentioned, or one. Of, I think Joe Biscaglia actually mentioned right before the pick. I was on Twitter, and he's like, "Don't rule out Jake Fromm here." And I was thinking, and I mentioned in my prior podcast. Um, I want, I want the bills to, I wanted the bills to upgrade the backup quarterback position in this draft. And, uh, I think they're trying to do that with this pick, uh, Jake Fromm, quarterback from Georgia in round five. I'll let you start Seth. Uh, yeah, it's actually kind of funny. I mean, I'm kind of surprised we took a quarterback with this pick. I also think we need to upgrade the quarterback position. I'm not shocked that we took from, uh-huh. but, um, it's funny the year that we were, going to draft Allen. So prior to that, Jake Fromm and the Georgia Bulldogs were playing Bama in the national championship. And I was sitting there and I was just like, man, if we could just hold on to Tyrod for another year or two, draft <laughs> Jake Fromm, I was like, that'd be awesome. Cause I mean, he's, he's a baller. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. 
But uh, I'm glad that we have Allen now, of course. You know, I mean, huge Allen fan. I think he's going to do big things. But, no, I mean, Jake Fromm, really smart quarterback. He impressed coaches at the Combine with his smarts. Board talk, chalk talk. Um, played in a pro-style offense at UGA, and it's kind of hard to knock, a, you know, Georgia as a whole. You know, they're a great football program. But uh, he's a winner, too. 36-7 and seven record, played in huge games, SEC championship, I believe two out of three seasons. I'm not sure. It might have been three out of his three seasons. But um, he stands in the pocket and makes the big throw, too. I mean, under pressure, you know, he'll stay in there. He's got a little bit of pocket mobility. He's not necessarily a freak athlete. But um, he'll take the big hits to make the throw. I mean, he's a pretty fearless guy, and, you know – he plays in the SEC, probably the best conference in all of college football. Well, played in the SEC. Um, he's tough. You know, he's durable, too. I don't think he ever missed a start. Um, like I said, great numbers. So, and he has a severe, like a really average frame, too. He's only 6'2", you know, 200 and some change. So, yeah, I think he'll be a fun backup and project for this offense. I really do. I know that he fell quite a bit because – his size, you know, and he doesn't have a huge arm and not a lot of velocity on that ball. But like I said, I think he'll be a fun little project for us. I mean, it'll be fun to see him in the preseason. And I mean, I wouldn't want him to play right away. God forbid something happened to Allen. I would hope that Barkley would play, but I mean, I don't want to hold on to Barkley forever, you know? So I gave the grade an A given his uh, value, I thought. And, you know, I really liked it. So. Okay. All right, now I'll take over. Um, I graded this pick a B. Uh, Fromm, to me, is a guy that I think we will be able to develop, hopefully, to eventually become a serviceable backup uh, for the Bills. He does – I mean, his hands – he doesn't – he has small hands. I mean, I know that's – but that's not, that's not good. Um, and he can't – he can't push the ball to the outside. He doesn't have arm speed that – that great of arm speed so I mean I do like the pick I mean he is a competitor he's a game manager like you said he he was 36 and 7 at Georgia and one of the best conferences if not the best conference uh in college football so I mean he knows how to get it done in big time games um I'm actually um not surprised that he's compared to Matt Barkley um people have said I've seen that they compare Jake from the Matt Barkley so that's that's kind of interesting to me that they're maybe they maybe they like a certain type of quarterback, pretty much the exact opposite of Josh Allen uh, as the backup quarterback. So that's definitely interesting. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the pick, but again, he is a winner and he knows how to he knows how to win and he's a game manager and hopefully he can stop in if Allen gets hurt, especially him being a mobile quarterback taking hits. Uh, I think Fromm could hopefully maybe plug in a couple games and we could even swing him for a, a pick uh, before his rookie contract expires to a team that needs a quarterback. So sure. overall solid pick by Bean. Oh, uh, surprised by it, but not much. Cause I did want to upgrade, upgrade the backup quarterback position. And I think the bills did too. So yeah, I'll give it a B. Yeah. I, under, I understand how uh, there's a little bit of a negative connotation to it, especially the small hands, like playing somewhere like Buffalo and weather. You know, of course. And like yeah. you said, like, kind of a lack of ability to push the ball to the outside, which, I mean, those throws are huge at the NFL level. But, I mean, 
it was hard for me to knock that too much. I mean, of course, hand size is something you can be like, oh, yikes. But, I mean, the guy play, you know, the guy plays. And I yeah. think – He's, a, he's you know, a gamer. You watch some of his film. You watch some of his highlights. You know, he's not necessarily living underneath an intermediate. I mean, you know, he made some big throws, I thought. And, I mean, you don't get to the national championship and SEC championship multiple times like he did without, you know, doing some big things. So, it's going to be an interesting pick. Fun project, I think, for sure. Yeah, hopefully he can uh, be that backup. Hopefully. Um, I'm not saying he will. I mean, look at Nate Peterman. But anyway, uh, so on to the next pick. Uh, round six, pick 188. Uh, kicker Tyler Bass from Georgia Southern. Uh, I just laughed saying it because it's just – I knew nothing about this guy before the draft. No one mocked him to the Bills, so I had no clue who the heck he was. Um, it's my least favorite, favorite pick of the draft. Um, I don't, I don't understand the pick. We have, we just resigned Hauschka last year to an extension. Um, I, th I think we brought in another guy that can kick and punt. I don't know his name, but we did bring another guy over the off season that can do both. And then, so I just don't see the fit. Um, he did tweet though, that he kicked a 71 yard field goal the other day. So, I mean, eventually if he can turn into that, I'm not saying he's going to kick 71 yarders, but. If he can turn into a kicker for us down the road and develop, um, I would be happy with the pick, especially Hoska struggled last year a little bit. Um, he had his times where he was good, but he also had his times where it was like, I don't, I don't really know. Um, my biggest concern with Bass is he's not that big. Like, he's small for a kicker. And he also, last year from 40 to 49, 40 to 49 yards his senior year, which that, that like, yard range is probably, like, I don't know, the most, like, important, like, yardage for an NFL kicker to make. I mean, you got to be making, like, 80 to 90% of those kicks. Like, you have to be. He was 8 of 14 from that 40 to 49 range, uh, counting uh, 0 for 1 from plus 50. So, I mean, he wasn't even that impressive his senior year uh, from 40 to 49, so that kind of concerns me. But, I mean – He's making 50 yarders with no step and 60 yarders with one step on his Twitter. So, I mean, if the guy can kick and he – Hauschka is getting older. So, I mean, if we can develop him, I guess maybe he'll turn up. But for right now, given what I know about Tyler Bass, I'll give the grade uh, – draft grade for Brandon being a C. All right. Yeah, I agree. This I definitely didn't like this pick. I did not understand it at all, actually. Personally – I don't think it was necessary to even draft a kicker. I would understand maybe signing one as an undrafted free agent, but like, I mean, like you said, then you go and look at some of his numbers and his field goal percentage last year in total was 71.4. I mean, that's not anything, yeah. like, you know, it's not impressive. It's not good actually. So, I mean, I heard he was kind of a poor kicker in inclement weather too. I mean, I don't know how often he had to deal with that. I mean, going to Georgia Southern, I mean, it has to be nice weather, I'd assume. But uh, I don't know. Like you said, seems like he has a pretty good leg. He's kicking 50 and 60 yarders with no step. I did see that clip. It was kind of impressive, actually. Yeah, it was. I heard at the Senior Bowl he was actually, he, you know, he was kicking some pretty deep balls too. So more than anything, I think it's maybe to light a fire under Hauschka. I just don't understand why we would use – that pick on a kicker, there are still some really good players on the board, I thought. Some guys that we maybe could have addressed for uh, for depth. Um, but I don't know. I mean, 
might be a little interesting uh, thing to watch in camp between him and Hauschka because, I mean, you see it a lot. You do see veteran kickers who struggle get cut in favor of a younger guy. So who knows? I mean, he was 100% from, you know, on extra points last year as he should be. So it's interesting. I gave the grade a C minus. I mean, I didn't like the grade. Hopefully he pans out. I mean, I would hope so. I mean, we had to see something if we decided to use a pick on him there. And the thing I, you 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 mentioned that um, you want they had to see something obviously. Uh, Bean and McDermott obviously love the Senior Bowl. They love guys that are four year players and fit the culture. So I think something. I'm I'm just taking a guess here. I think something with the Senior Bowl, like you said, had to do with it. I think he had an impressive outing. So I mean, I think it has something to do with that. Um, nonetheless, so yeah, not 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 our favorite pick, but a guy that can hopefully come in and maybe be a kicker for us in the next couple of years for sure all right i'm gonna let you start with this one um another red zone target for josh allen if he can pan out is round six pick 207 wide receiver from oregon state isaiah hodgins uh, i'll let you take this one all right yeah um, i actually really like this pick. i knew of this guy coming into the draft but it's such it was such a loaded class of receivers Obviously, that's not a name that's going to pop up, you know, when you think receivers of this draft. But he's another guy with some length. You know, he's a really lanky guy. He has pretty long arms, you know, long legs. Um, One thing that I really saw is great. He has great ball skills, excellent ball skills, tracking the ball, going up to get the ball. Um, No, he has that. And given his long arms, he's got a big catch radius. You know, he looked like he did a little bit of everything. He was definitely a big red zone guy in that offense, Oregon State, though. Um, but he's a really smooth route runner, too. I mean, which is which is kind of nice on the eye. You know, I mean, we have – I think in this offense, we have some pretty solid route runners. Stephon Diggs might be the best route runner in the NFL, yeah. maybe. Um, and, you know, then you see guys like Beasley who really patient. They work underneath and, you know – they basically make the linebacker corner, whoever's covering them pick. And then he just, he adjusts based off that. But, um, you know, given the smooth route running, it gives him the ability to create space. He's really good at setting guys up. His double move was really, really solid. Um, his numbers last year were just insane too. <laughs> yeah. 86, 86 catches, uh, over 1700 yards, 13 touchdowns and nine of those were red zone touchdowns. That's a, uh, those are some solid numbers. And, I mean, I don't necessarily, especially given how late he was drafted, it's not to say he won't play. But, I mean, I think he'll maybe be more of a guy who's developing, you know, maybe comes in with injuries, a special teamer. But, uh, no, I mean, really like the really like the pick, especially how late it was. I mean, a stacked wide receiver class with numbers like that, that late. Yeah. B plus. B plus? Oh, solid All right. Pick. All right. Um, all right. I'm going to go A- minus for this pick. Uh, I love the pick as well. Um, to get a guy who snagged 13 touchdowns, and like you said, nine of them being red zone touchdowns, it's hard to find that late in a draft. The wide receiver, cla- uh, the wide receiver class was stacked, like you said. Um, so I'm going to give it an A-. minus. You look at his highlights, you look at his tape, you will not find a highlight where he's dropping the ball. I mean, his hands, he, he, he has – maybe the most sure hands, best hands in this draft based on numbers wise. I'm not saying he's the best receiver, but he's got great hands, 
and I really like the pick. One thing I want to mention, though, is he will really make this wide receiver room interesting because I almost compare him to a guy like Gabe Davis. They're not – they're similar receivers. Um, Gabe Davis now – Gabe Davis did have – he led actually the NFL or the college prospects, receiver prospects, with um, I think it was like nine touchdowns of 20-plus yards. So Gabe Davis can definitely stretch the field. And Hodges is more of a guy that can just – when you're down first and goal, you can throw it up to him. So that's a difference I saw with them. But this pick, uh, for me, really makes the wide receiver room interesting. Um, you got guys like Mackenzie, Foster, Duke Williams. Now you're adding Gabe Davis and Isaiah Hodgins, but guys that are the exact opposite of John Brown and Cole Beasley. Um, I really think both of these guys have a chance to make the roster. And now you're fighting for one spot, so you got – Brown, Beasley, Diggs, Hodgins, and Davis. Now, there's one more spot, maybe, probably, because we'll keep six. So that's between Andre Roberts, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, Robert Foster, and Duke Williams. So that's going to be a really tough decision if uh, Hodgins and Davis both play well in camp. So I don't know what the Bills will do, but it really makes the wide receiving room interesting. And, yeah, I'll give the pick an A-. minus. Yeah, I if it's okay for me to kind of touch up on what you said about what we might be seeing when the season rolls around as far as who we're keeping. Yeah. You and I talked a couple of weeks ago and you asked, you know, what receivers do you think we're keeping? And it was kind of without a doubt, I think that we were going to draft one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was, like, I was like Diggs, Beasley, Brown, um, Diggs, Beasley, Brown, rookie. And then I think I said Andre Roberts and McKenzie. Like you said, I think both of these receivers, they bring something that I don't think we necessarily have. Exactly. I'm not a huge fan of Duke Williams, even though he is one of those bigger guys. Um, you know, like I said to you, I think it was just kind of odd that he comes in, has a little bit of production, and he doesn't play again until week 17. He sat for, I think, like 10 weeks straight or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. little odd, you know. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what was going on there. It was never disclosed. But uh, I think that, I mean, like you said, battling for one spot – Mackenzie Roberts, Duke Williams. I don't know. I'd assume it's either going to be Mackenzie. He's a little gadget guy, you know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's going to be tough. But I mean, then again, Roberts is a is a really solid special teamer, and I mean, he's a vet. So I mean, if I had to predict, I'd maybe say Roberts. But so would I. I I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I definitely like Roberts. Great kickoffs punts, special teams. I mean, he's a great special teams player. So I think with the wide receiver talent we have by adding Hodgins, Davis, and Diggs this offseason, I don't think we need – I mean, I love Isaiah McKenzie. He did well for us. I like Robert Foster, um, and I like Duke too. I mean, Duke was the only guy on our team last year that could – that Josh Allen could throw the ball up to, and he could maybe make the catch. I know he didn't, but, I mean, Duke Williams was a guy for Josh Allen that was the only guy that could really make a contested catch – and jump for it in the air. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure with the wide receiver room. But, yeah, that's the most intriguing thing I saw about the Hodgins pick. I was a little surprised by it because we picked Davis earlier, who's kind of the same type of receiver. And I think that what's that what that is saying is being a saying to the receivers is, look, Foster, all these guys that we mentioned, you still have a spot, but these guys are coming in and they're going to work hard and they could easily take your spot next year. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, all right, I'm going to finish with round seven, pick 239, cornerback Dane Jackson from Pittsburgh. Uh, I love this pick. Absolutely love it. Uh, I gave it an A. Um, this guy is the typical Sean McDermott cornerback. Average speed, uh, really good in zone coverage, and uses his hands very well. He led the team last year with 14 pass breakups, which is very good for a corner and, and um, ACC conference. That's very good. He's very physical at the point of attack, and he plays confident football. Confidence is never a bad thing in a corner. Um, I think he was a steal for the Buffalo Bills. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he pans out. Um, I know you're going to mention a little about little a little bit about what you think he's going to do for the Bills in terms of his positioning and another thing you like about him. And I'll let you uh, talk about that. But overall, I'll give the draft grade an A. Yeah, uh, everything you said, I think, is 100% accurate. I give it a B plus. I also was a huge fan of the pick. And, I mean, the only thing I think separating me from a B-plus to maybe an A is seeing some of those pass breakups be interceptions. Because there was – I mean, pass breakups are great. But, you know, a couple of those pass breakups he had, he probably could have had more like three to four interceptions. But, man, he's such a consistent player. He's a three-year starter. He's never missed a start. His aggressiveness is unreal. He is severely – severely explosive when closing on the ball carrier. And one of the craziest things too, is if you look up his highlights or just any of his film, one of the first clips you're going to see is him getting a sack. I mean, you know, especially as, as a college DB, that's, that's impressive, you know? And I mean, obviously he's, he's quick, he's fast. Um, but his tackling is what I think really, really stands out too. And I think, that he can maybe push a guy like Teron Johnson, you know, to be in that, to play in that nickel or dime package that we have, you know, I mean, especially if he can, if he can tackle like that at the next level, it's going to be unreal. I mean, he'll definitely be a uh, well, productive special teamer for us next year. And I mean, 43 tackles in 2019 as, as a DB and, you know, yeah. another, in another conference that is not too shabby, you know, it's, it's a, uh, He's exciting. He might be one of my favorite picks in the draft besides uh, Epinesa. So, I mean, I think, I, think, I think he'll have some big things for us. He'll do some big things for us. All right. Now, all right, that concludes the player portion of uh, analyzing this draft in depth. Great job. Uh, so, now we're going to give the overall grade about what Brandon Bean did this year. I'm excited. Um, I'm going to give the Bills an A-minus overall. Um, I – First off, the value we got at each pick, up and also at 54 stands out to me. That guy should have been gone 20 to 25 picks earlier. Um, I can't believe he was there. We added a defensive end to our youth to our defensive line that can back up Hughes, Addison, um, Murphy, if Murphy makes the team, which I'm still iffy about. I think I want, I want to keep him, but also I wouldn't be surprised if we caught him. Um, but, yeah, Apanessa, and then you add a guy like Zach Moss. All of Bill's Mafia wanted that compliment to Devin Singletary. We got it. Um, then you got Gabe Davis and Isaiah Hodgins, who can get the ball, um, contest, contested catches, red zone targets. Then you had a guy like Jake Fromm. Uh, overall, I think he can be a serviceable backup quarterback, and we can even swing, swing him for a pick um, before his rookie contract expires, like I said, for a team who needs a quarterback. And then you just add that that culture, all these guys are culture fits. All, like, all these guys love football, hardworking, 
Uh, Sean McDermott says he loves his guys from Iowa, uh, the culture there. So Epinesa is going to fit right in. Um, Moss has been awesome on Twitter. He's doing a giveaway, uh, signed autograph jersey. I mean, that's awesome. Davis, they they all they're all happy, and I'm I'm happy that with what Bean did this year, and not to mention Dane Jackson, who I think is he's just I'm I'm excited too, man. I'm just as excited as you about him. He can play zone. He he's McDermott's type of uh, corner, not not fast, but feisty competitor. So yeah, I'll give I'll give Brandon Bean an A minus, and I'm again I'm very happy with the way Brandon Bean drafted this year from his uh from his sweet draft room. Wherever you, wherever you was. Right. Um, nah, man, I'm with you. I gave, I gave our overall draft an A minus as well. I mean, I thought it was another solid draft. There wasn't really, besides uh, the kicker pick, I wasn't upset by any of them. Um, as you said, we drafted a first rounder in the second round. You know, um, he's gonna. I think he'll produce right away. I mean, you know, he's definitely, uh, you know, can maybe sharpen up his his speed rush game a little bit. But I mean you know, that's going to come in time and that's not necessarily his game. So why force it? Um, but as you said, we filled some offensive needs. I think we brought some competition to the wide receiver room and they're two proven guys in college who, who I think will bring some size to us and they have a chance to produce right away too. And not only are they competing against guys like Foster and McKenzie and Roberts and um, Williams, but they're going to be competing against each other. You know, I mean, for that big receiver role um, who can go up and get it for us. So I think that's going to be something really exciting to watch, you know, a little bit of friendly competition between the two. Um, brought in Drake Fromm, who hopefully down the road is a good backup QB for us. And I think in the meantime, as I said multiple times earlier, he's going to be a fun project for Brian Dable and, uh, and Dorsey, our QB coach. So, you know, and we, we've said it a lot, but uh, Dane Jackson – you know, I mean, he's going to produce one way or another, whether it's in subsets or, or playing special teams for us. I mean, most likely, if I had to guess, both at this point. Um, the only thing separating me from an A- minus to an A is I didn't like the kicker pick. I think given where we drafted him to, we could have addressed O-line or D-line depth, which is never a bad thing to have. And maybe even a linebacker too, like just to compete. Cause I mean, Milano, Trey, Trey Edmonds, um, you know, and then AJ Klein. AJ yeah. Klein probably would be who we're looking at right now. I just thought there was a couple talented guys who we maybe could have grabbed in place of Bass, you know, and I'm not sure if any, if, you know, I'm sure you might know these names, you know, hopefully the listeners do too, but like at the point where we drafted him, Temple's linebacker, Sean Bradley, he ran the fastest, 40 at the combine, I believe, besides Isaiah Simmons for linebackers. Yeah. Um, really talented guy, always producing really solid linebackers, too. And uh, Evan Weaver from the University of California, he's, he's a dog. And, you know, like those were guys that I'd like to see, like, come to the team and maybe even have a chance to produce. But um, we clearly saw something in, in Bass. So, I mean, I hope that that kind of pans out and, you know, prove me wrong. But – Solid draft. I really enjoyed it. You know, I mean, there wasn't a pick where I was like, oh, really? Besides uh, the kicker, of course. But uh, yeah. yeah, solid draft. All right. Uh, all right. That's it for the draft. Uh, great job. So both both A minuses from uh, Bill's Mafia fans right here. Um, so we're we're both happy with it, of course. Um, what can't you be happy about with this regime? Uh, it's an exciting time to be a Bill's fan.
Um, so just a little bit talk about Trey White. Um, he obviously the Bills picked up his fifth year option, no question. Stud, quarterback one. Um, I'm not as high on him as other people. Uh, I think he's a great corner, top ten. I don't. I want to put him top. I don't think he's as good as Gilmore. Gilmore is um, a whole. Gilmore is a whole other level of corner. Um, but I do love Trey White. I'm glad we picked him up, and I want to be upset paying on the big bucks. Um, so, and then I want to ask you about your favorite player, which I mentioned right at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, why is uh, Luke Keekley, a uh, retired cornerback from the Carolina Panthers, uh, your favorite player? And you're basically, I think, I'd say your role model. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially especially as far as on the field goes. Um, you know, Keekley was – he was drafted right around when I started playing football. And I mean, I didn't know much about him. I was only, you know, like 12. So, but uh, I was really starting to get heavy into football at that point, you know, the NFL personally playing and whatnot, but, um, man, he's just, he's impressive. I think all around as a football player, Luke Keekley, he just showed he's, I think he kind of started to turn the position in the sense of like big guys, such as like Brian Urlacher, who are, huge and they're built like you know like fridges and they're run stuffers into more of like a you know kind of like a hybrid role you know they're guys that can move they're guys that can you know play uh play pass coverage I mean he had 18 interceptions in his career that's pretty impressive and not only that but he's just he's got a nose for the football and all hold on one sec seven seven to eight seasons not exactly sure off the top of my head over a hundred tackles every year and he didn't even play complete seasons all those years either um there's a really cool uh clip on him on ESPN a few years back where he was just going through and he was just talking film with someone on ESPN and he just he knows what's coming before it comes he's just he's a film junkie he's smart he's a he seems like a great dude off the field too um I was really bummed to see him retire this this season. It kind of shocked me, but at the same time, you know, he's a lot of concussions and overall you got to take care of your body. I mean, his body probably just couldn't do it anymore. You got to respect it. So it was a bummer, but I mean, Hey, it was good while it lasted. He's a phenomenal football player. So yeah, he was, he was definitely fun to watch. <clears throat> it's unfortunate, unfortunate that he would always go down with those concussions and it's, it's sad to see a great player like that retire so young. Um, but for sure, Luke Keekley, former Carolina Panther, um, maybe would have ended up a Buffalo Bill at one point. Who knows? Um, you know, with McDermott loving his Panthers. Maybe so, he, should, he should come coach our linebackers. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So I want to ask you a question not about football. Uh, I know you love uh, chicken wings. So what is your favorite chicken wing? Um, Give me your top three. Give me your top three. My top three. Um, all right. Barbell and East Aurora, which, you know, I think didn't used to be a super popular answer until the last couple of years. I think they've started to become more well-known, but they're a uh, honey butter barbecues are just unreal. And they have the best blue cheese around too. It's a, it's a great little spot to, uh, you know, go get some wings. Um, let's see. Uh, Mamosers in Hamburg, the village of Hamburg. They have uh, these dry rub mediums, phenomenal, so good. Uh, I've only had those a few times, but, you know, they're, they're a solid wing. 
And my third favorite? Mm. There's still a lot of spots I have to try around, too, so it's kind of tough. I guess I'll go based off what I've already had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gabriel's Gate were pretty good. I mean, it was a pretty solid wing. It wasn't necessarily like – I wouldn't choose it – like choose to go eat there over Barbill or Mamosers, but, I mean, pretty cool restaurant, too, you know, and a cool spot at Buffalo. So, I mean, they're pretty solid wings. Not my favorite, but they're they're good. All right, absolutely. I'll go with my top three. <clears throat> I'll go with Duff's number one. I know, I know a lot of people hate, like, not hate on it, but they're like, oh, like everyone loves Duff's. Why? Why does yours? I just love Duff's. Um, I, I only like barbecue wings. So, if your barbecue wings are good, you're my favorite. And Duff's <laughs> by far have the best barbecue wings. Uh, second, I will go um, Barbell. Uh, I love it. Uh, I've had it a couple times, and it's been very good. And then third, I will go with. Um, Oh, that's tough. But I will go with Macy's Place Pizzeria in Chittawaga. Uh, I've it's funny because Nate Geary from GR, they they all talk about it. Matt Perino posted a picture the other day of his him eating eating Macy's Pizza. And uh so I had to go try it and the wings are just phenomenal. So yeah, that's definitely my top three. It's funny you say that because that's a place that I've been wanting to try for so long. And I just I never got around to it. Now obviously it's a little bit more tough with uh the quarantine and stuff. I don't necessarily want to go, you know, out to, I think it's in Chitawaga, right? Yeah, Chitawaga, yep. Um, I don't want to drive out there and then bring the wings home because they might not be as crispy, but uh, I follow <laughs> their Twitter and their food just looks unreal. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, definitely a place I got to try soon. Don't get me wrong. Um, for anyone listening who, who hasn't had Maria's Pizza, uh, I vouch for it. It's the best pizza ever. It's closed now, but I think Maria's is the best pizza. So Macy's is, doesn't have the best pizza. Compared to Maria's, but uh, Macy's definitely – their wings are top-notch. So, yeah, that's how I feel. Um, and one more thing I'd like to mention, back to football for a sec. Um, who – what was your uh, favorite pick based on value uh, from any team in the NFL this uh, this year's draft? I'll give you mine first. All right, All right uh, I'm going to go with uh, – my favorite receiver in the draft, C.D. Lamb. Um, I love C.D. Lamb, and for Dallas to get him there to add to that receiving core with Galladay and Cooper, um, I think Prescott should excel. There's, I mean, if, Pre- if Prescott is the franchise guy, just like uh, Allen this year, he's in the same situation. Prescott and Allen both have to excel based on what is around them, and I love the C.D. Lamb pick. The guy – I would watch his games and I'd see him turn a two yard out route to an 80 yard touchdown and break six tackles. And I mean, the guys, the guys run after the catchability and his speed is just unbelievable. So Dallas was definitely, I don't like Dallas, man. I, I don't, I'm, but CD lamb is such a great player. So yeah, that's definitely my favorite pick other than the bills. That's a good one. Um, yeah, just to touch on that a little bit, like, I definitely agree. There's no reason why the Cowboys shouldn't be a really great offense this year. It hurts me to say I don't like that organization. I never have. But, um, no, they're they're pretty stacked now all around. So, it'll be interesting to see how he uh, – what he brings to the table. Um, oh, man, it's really tough. I'm kind of torn between two. Um, Give them both, man. All right. I like Jerry Judy to Denver at – was it 15? Uh, let me check. Uh, it was around that range. It was 15, okay. 16 maybe. Um, 
I thought he was going to go to the Jets with their first pick. Um, Thank God he didn't. I still think they got a good uh, a good ball player in uh, Mackie Becton, but I mean, if Drew Locke takes a step, he kind of reminds me of a Josh Allen type of guy, you know, just kind of the way he seems. Um, you know, very small sample size last year, but you know, big, super raw quarterback. I think that he looks like he could take a step. It'll be interesting to see if he does. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, that's a pretty nasty combo if they both uh depending on their quarterback play. Yeah. Um another one he might another one. He might not be really well known. Um his, oh man, why can't I literally just lost his name. Um hold on one second, sorry. I literally I just had it too. You're good. Um Logan Wilson, linebacker from Wyoming, drafted to the Bengals, I believe. Um, you know, Wyoming, it's kind of funny. I think Josh Allen put them on the map a little bit as far as some of their some of their better ball players. They had a couple guys drafted this year. But he was just a talented linebacker. A little bit of bias for me. That's the position I really watch in the draft. But um yeah, he's just he's a good ball player and Logan an Wilson. An organization that's struggling. Yeah, right he's now. got some flow, right? Uh, I think he used to. He used to have flow. Okay. Yeah, he's a he's a good he's a pretty good player though. I mean, someone that I would have liked that the Bills could draft, but I mean, linebacker wasn't an extremely pressing need. So, no, he was a good pick, especially given his value. Like I said, I think it was first pick of the third or fourth round, maybe. Mm. Um, the Bengals could be a team. I think they had a pretty solid draft too. They might be a little bit on the up and up. So. We'll see. Yep. All right, man. Thanks for joining me. Um, it is April 27th. Uh, follow me on Twitter at AJ Sabalski and uh, give Seth a follow at SethPen4. Um, we covered drafts. We talked a little Trey White. We talked a little chicken wings and then talked about our uh, favorite picks other than what the Bills drafted. Uh, Seth, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. No problem. Anytime. All right, man. Go Bills. See ya. Go Bills.